we all have probably considered backing off from what we're doing here. Maybe you've thought, it's really important to give so much attention to prayer, but maybe I should back off. I mean, this is extraordinary prayer. Maybe I should go back to the ordinary praying for revival and awakening in our world. And sometimes while this question may come to our mind, we may get hit with the trial in our lives. A hard time that seems to just knock the wind out of our sails and threaten to derail us from this course that God has put us on. And this passage I want to consider today, it leaves us with a resounding admonition for us. Don't let your affliction drown out your supplications, but let your affliction fuel your prayers even hotter. Psalm 102 here is a prayer of a man in affliction. And he's crying out for the Lord to hear him and answer him. In verse 3 through 11, he presents this long lament describing his affliction. In verse, verses 3, he mentions his, his physical and emotional pain. He says in images, my bones were burning like a furnace. My heart was stricken. But beyond this physical and emotional pain he had, he had the relational pain of enemies constantly taunting him. You can see in verse 8, these enemies constantly harassing him and using his name for a curse. And yet on all of this, in all of this pain, it was compounded by the pain of loneliness, the dreadful pain of suffering without anyone that cares or is there to comfort. And in verse 6, is, verse six and 7, he gives images of, of lonely birds, birds that are all by themselves and have no one. And he felt like that, that he was suffering all by himself. But that's not all. There is also a spiritual pain that he suffered under the discipline of his father. In verse 10, he talks about the indignation of the Lord. And he feels like as if the Lord had picked him up, but now the Lord had cast him away. The Lord had thrown him aside. He was no longer near to the Lord because of the discipline he was under. That's quite a lot of pain in a few verses. Where do we go when we find ourselves in this kind of pain? When we find ourselves in the depths of affliction? Well, the psalmist here shows us verses 1 and 2. Where he goes, he turns to the Lord and cries out to the Lord. Verse 1, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. We must cry out to the Lord and tell him all our troubles. Spread out before him all our complaints. We know this, but do we do this? Is this our practice? When we face the afflictions and trials, sometimes we don't because maybe one reason is we fail to think that God will really listen to us or that God will really care for our, our moaning and groaning to him all of our troubles. We may doubt that the Lord really wants to hear about these things, but he does. Our cries and our afflictions are precious to our God. Virgin admonishes us. I pray you never think lightly of supplications of your anguish. That which is thrown up from the depths of the soul 
when it is stirred with a terrible tempest, is more precious than pearl or coral. The Lord loved to hear his people cry to him. And this psalmist in this psalm came to this understanding as well. Once he began praying and presenting all his prayers, by the time he gets to verse 17, he comes out with this statement. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. That is our God. He loves to hear the cry of the destitute. But we must not stay too long on just talking about ourselves and our troubles to the Lord. It's also important for us to move on and to the second point of looking to the Lord's character and looking to his future promises. And this psalm gets all the more sweeter once you get to verse 12. The minor key of the song moves into a major key. And when the psalmist begins to fix his eyes on who his God is and all the promises he's given, the song of despair moves into a song of hope and of praise because he's looking to the future, knowing that there's great things that God's going to do. And so this middle section of the psalm is, I think of it as like a treasure chest filled with jewels, uh, 10 verses that are packed with Excellent content for us we can take in praying for revival, verses 12 through 22. I want to read that now and then just focus on the latter part of this. Verse 12, but you, O Lord, shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come for your servants Take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute and shall not despise their prayer. This will be written for the generations to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven the Lord viewed the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem, when the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord for these promises that were, were taken by this psalmist and prayed back to the Lord. What, what a beautiful verse is verse 18, filled with this forward-looking concern for the next generation. There's another generation coming, people that are not yet created, and they need something written down. What do they need written down? Something that happened in the past. They need to read that. Why did they need to read that? So that they would praise the Lord. Well, what is it? What is it that needs to be written down for the future generations? Verse 19 through 22 answer this in summarizing the wonderful work of God in coming down from so high and reaching down to his people who pray. When God comes down in response to his people's prayers and does wonders, those things ought to be written down 
And the generations to come need to look back on that and say, look at how God operates. He is a God who's so high, but he comes so low. He bends down his ear, bends down to those who are in affliction and crying to him. And he performs wonders for those people. He releases them from death. And then he puts a new song in their mouth, a song of praise to God. And then many see and fear and turn to the Lord to put their trust in him. This is what the Lord desires. He works wonders so that his praise would spread. And have you considered what we're doing right now, that songs will be written to describe the wondrous works in this coming revival we're praying for? Songs that will be sung for eternity. Songs that will be sung in the presence of the Lord himself. Because the Lord answered us and he came and showed his power and his mercy. Can you imagine all of us together in heaven singing these songs? Knowing that God chose us, the small, the weak, the afflicted. He chose us to take part in something so marvelous that brings him so much glory. And in that day, we will look back on the Lord's doing and how marvelous it will be in our eyes and how stirring it will be in our hearts. All of our afflictions will be over, and then what depths of joy will fill us and burst from our lips when we join in the praises of the coming generations too. When they join us, those generations to come that look back on this coming revival, and they are praising him with us, that God did this mighty thing. He reached down with his mighty hand to do wonders among us. And above all this, though, this great joy to know that God will be there receiving our praises, that all of our praises will be in his presence. Can you imagine the sight of the Lord's face? His smile, his eyes glowing with gladness as he receives our worship because of the great things he has done. Great things he has taught us great things he has done and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the peoples rejoice. O come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done. Amen.